welcome to episode 214 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is The First 40 Miles. Today on The First 40 Miles, we're wrapping up production of The First 40 Miles with today's final episode. We'll share some of our ideas for podcasts we'd love to see started, talk a little about what it's been like to share our backpacking adventures with y'all, then wrap up with a little trail wisdom that brings it all full circle. All this and that's about it. Today on The First 40 miles. Well, this week marks the four-year anniversary of the first 40 miles, and today is also our final episode. We have loved producing this show for you every week. That's all I got. The next thing in the show notes just says, Thoughts, thoughts? Question mark? <laughs> Do you have any thoughts, Josh? Uh... Or should I share some thoughts? I've had four years to think about this, and I still don't know what to say. (laughs) Our goal, I think, for every single episode has been the same, to help people get outside. Just to take that first step and see what it's like to go out backpacking. See what it's like to actually get away from all of the pressures of everyday life and connect with nature. And it hasn't always been easy to produce the podcast. We felt a little bit like the U.S. Postal Service at times, you know, producing the first 40 miles through rain, snow, sleet. I think we've had two moves, uh, a remodel, which we're in the middle of right now, lots of family trips, business trips, sickness, a couple bouts of the flu. I remember having a back injury that was pretty rough and just life in general. And it's been interesting to try and balance the podcast with real life. But I think one of the biggest highlights for me is recording each week with Josh, who has been the best co-host a girl could ever have. He actually is like the classic uh, perfect boyfriend where he completes my thoughts. He says what I couldn't find the words for, and then he nerds out on all of the things that I don't understand. And so he is a really, well, he's the perfect co-host. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it's really been a pleasure to take an hour or two out of every week and get together with you in a morning or an afternoon and record an episode or two of the show. It's been a nice change from what I do for work. And I think it's been a great way for the two of us to be together and to connect. Obviously, we connect at other times and in other ways, and we eat dinner together and we go on dates and uh, raise our family together. But this has been a unique way for the two of us to interact with and, and learn from each other and, and support each other. Yes, and as long as we're being all sappy and nostalgic, (laughs) I've definitely felt supported by you through this entire project. I know it was my idea in the beginning, and when I asked you to join in, you were fully supportive, and like I said, you're the perfect co-host. And then along the way, as we've had, you know, different struggles and challenges in life, and you know, you've been busy with work at times, 
A few times I've offered you an out and said, hey, uh, are you sure you want to record? Are you okay with this? And you said, hey, as long as you keep producing show notes, I will keep recording with you. So that's been just really great to feel 100% supported in this project. And you kept producing show notes and <laughs> every week there was a new episode. Surprise! <laughs> One of the things that really surprised me when we started doing the first 40 miles, and even four years later, as we are wrapping up, is the incredible support of our audience. And this isn't just like a cliche thing that I'm saying. I have been astounded by the generosity and the support of every single listener that we've connected with. I don't know if it's because backpacking and the outdoors just attract a special a group of people that are extremely kind and loving, or if it's because Josh is especially intimidating. <laughs> people are reluctant to give <laughs> negative feedback because I'm going to hunt them down. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't think that explains it. <laughs> but I've just been truly amazed at how uh, kind our audience has been, all of our first 40 milers. I don't think you ever expected for 10,000 people to have your voice in their ears. <laughs> and I think perhaps you never got used to that, no, <laughs> to that idea. <laughs> but before we started the podcast, we did our research and we knew that negative feedback would be a reality of producing something and sharing it with others. Uh, whenever you're on the producing side of things, it's easy for someone on the consuming side to give some negative feedback. They didn't have to put in the effort to do it. And yet, we were just blown away by all the positivity, all the positive feedback. Yeah, we've gotten a few negative uh, feedback messages over the years. And, you know, those tend to maybe have an outsized life in, you know, as we read them. But they've been so few. We've just gotten so much wonderful support and feedback people just appreciating what we've tried to do. When we announced a few weeks ago that we were going to be wrapping up the podcast on its four-year anniversary, many people on Facebook and Twitter took an opportunity, you know, many of you took an opportunity to write a little message for us in response to that announcement. Um, and as you all may know, Heather did not read any of those messages. <laughs> she just couldn't bring herself to, I guess. I still haven't convinced her to. And so that's why I brought some of those messages with me today. We're in front of the mic, and Heather, you can't escape, <laughs> and you need to hear some of these messages. Thank you. So many people were just so gracious in their thanks and just said, thank you for doing this, and thanks for the, the legacy and the archive of material that you've left that's going to live on after the show ends. And one person in particular thanked us for um, deliberately ending the show and not just drifting away or abruptly disappearing and leaving all of our listeners to wonder what happened. Uh, many podcasts do that, and we didn't want to leave you hanging. We know you're going to have to find something else to listen to on Tuesday morning, but at least we wanted you to know it was coming and not just wonder, wow, did the Leglers die or what? <laughs> I was also impressed how many people said, wow, I just recently found your podcast. I'm still back in episode, you know, single digits, double digits, and sad to hear that you're ending, but this is cool that I've got several years of binge listening in <laughs> front of me to uh, finish up listening to everything on the podcast. And I just thought that was interesting how many people have found the podcast only recently. 
and they can continue to listen to it even when we're no longer producing it. And many people said, you know, something along these lines. One person said, thank you for letting us into your lives a little bit and sharing ups and downs and discoveries. Uh, happy and safe trails to you and your family. Oh yeah, someone else said, I'm keeping the podcast on my subscription list just in case you all <laughs> decide to check in every once in a while and let us know what you're up to. <laughs> I can imagine us doing that, you know, after our next backpacking trip, checking in. <laughs> or the kids, they've talked about wanting to check in, too, and just say, hey, we just got back from a trip. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe but no promises. <laughs> uh, your podcast was the first podcast I ever listened to and helped me prepare to become the backpacker that I am. Thank you for changing my life. Wow. And someone else said, um, it has gotten me into backpacking along with our four kids, ages 10 to 14, still working on my wife. <laughs> I've taken this into our scout troop where we now do quarterly backpacking trips. Wow. And this one I thought was really interesting. You were the only even-handed, non-political hiking or outdoor podcast on the internet. Wow. <laughs> now, I don't know. I've listened to several other outdoor <laughs> podcasts that I think are also fairly even-handed and non-political, but uh, um, he said, I appreciated your ability to love a hobby and the outdoors and not make me feel like a bad guy for some contrary political stance or worldview. Hmm. Um, that was cool to hear. We really think backpacking is something everyone can do. And that everyone can hike their own hike. We're going to be considerate of others, but hike your own hike. Yeah. Uh, someone else said that he bought a ukulele and took lessons for a year so that he could take it on the trail as a result Yay. of hearing the first 40 Miles podcast. <laughs> I'm so happy. If that's the only thing our podcast accomplished, <laughs> we accomplished it. It made someone happy. Yes. And Jim said, thanks for all the content and sharing your lives with us. Any chance we can have one last song from Heather? Ah, one last song. A few weeks ago, Josh and I were driving together, and I had been thinking about our final episode for this podcast and new words for an old favorite hymn started coming into my mind that I thought would be perfect to share in today's episode. And for many hikers and backpackers, spending time outside is more than just physically rejuvenating, it's also spiritually rejuvenating. So the first two verses of this song are the traditional hymn lyrics, and then the last verse of the song is one that I wrote especially for the first 40 Miles podcast. Take time to be holy, speak oft with thy Lord, Abide with him always and feed on his word. Make friends of God's children, help those who are weak. Forgetting in nothing his blessing to seek. Take time to be holy, the world rushes on. Spend much time in secret with Jesus alone By looking to Jesus, like him thou shalt be Thy friends in thy conduct, his likeness shall see Take time to behold 
the forests and hills Seek to know God's creations And learn of His will Then peace like a river Will quietly roll Refreshing your spirit And cleansing your soul Well, we're not ending the episode there. We do have a top five list today. Of course we do. <laughs> yeah, and we realized that by leaving the podcasting space, we are leaving a little hole, which I'm really excited for it to be filled. I want people to fill that hole and start their own podcast and create content that's valuable to people who are interested in backpacking and hiking. So today's top five list is the top five new outdoor podcasts that we would like to see in the next year that can replace the first 40 miles. And the number one new outdoor podcast that I would love to see in the next year is an outdoor on-site storytelling show. So stories from people getting out there, maybe done NPR style, but less studio time and more outdoor time. So I love the idea of it being on site because you get all of those noises from nature, even ones that you may just take for granted when you're outside, you know, the sound of the wind or the cracking of twigs or just birds that you kind of end up tuning out after a while. You would hear all of those things in this outdoor podcast and people could share stories of what they're experiencing on the trail. Isn't it funny how much of what we hear around us in nature we perhaps tune out, and yet when someone records it and puts it in our ears that way, we we hear it. I, I don't know why that is, and we need to make sure we don't tune out all those great sounds that we hear in nature that just happen. Right. I think one of the funny things people do is um, they have these white noise machines when they're at home that play the sounds of nature, you know, and I guess it helps them fall asleep. But really, being out in nature is better than any ambient noise machine could ever be because you get those authentic, organic sounds that are springing up from the earth. The number two new outdoor podcast that we would love to see in the next year is a niche topic podcast, something like trail food or outdoor book reviews, or even an outdoor political issue podcast, even though someone mentioned they're glad we don't really include politics. There are a lot of political issues that are affecting the outdoors and how we can use the outdoors and access different areas in different ways. I think it would be fascinating to have a podcast about something like that. Um, another niche you could focus on is a gear-focused podcast because a lot of our listeners expressed how much they enjoyed the Summit Gear Review. Now, I have to say, as a podcaster, that was actually one of the more stressful parts of our podcast. For some reason, I think it was all the data and, you know, weighing things and all that. <laughs> You had to do all the research. We had to actually use the stuff enough yes. to get familiar with it and have impressions about it. Uh -huh. So it meant, oh, this is coming up on this episode, but we're recording that episode next week, but we haven't actually been out on a trip with that piece of gear. 
oh no, what do we do? We better get out there. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So that was one of the more stressful parts, but an entire show dedicated to gear reviews. I think people would love that. The number three outdoor podcast that I would love to see in the next year is a revival of the S'more Outdoor podcast. So whether it's done by Brett Trout or a stunt double, it doesn't matter. But I loved hearing people's personal experiences in the outdoors and how it affected their indoor time and their work and their focus and creativity. I think Brett Trout did a really great job with the S'more Outdoor podcast. So if you haven't checked that one out, there are archived episodes and you can go check it out today. The number four new outdoor podcast that we'd love to see in the next year is a family-focused outdoor podcast. So I'm thinking like anything that combines families with the outdoors and have each episode focused on a different family and highlight how they spend time outdoors. So it could be stand-up paddleboarding, could be slackline, hiking, neighborhood walks, Uh, maybe the family exercises together, or they do organized sports, it would just answer the question, how does your family stay active? And of course, for us, our family does hiking and backpacking, but I think it would be so inspiring to hear about how other families spend time together and get outside. And I can just imagine a family listening to a podcast like this and saying, hey, this family They garden together. Maybe we should try doing that. Or, you know, this family does remote control cars, or they have this tradition of going to the beach every month and flying kites together. And I can see families becoming closer together, and this would help parents to raise that next generation of healthy, robust outdoor enthusiasts. Maybe this will impact someone. I I grew up on five acres and loved having all that room to roam, to be out in the woods, to build trails, etc. And I wanted that for our kids. And then year after year, we lived in subdivisions, well, apartments, and then subdivisions, small lots, small lawn, doing our best to put in a little bit of a garden somewhere. And, and I thought, oh, my kids aren't going to have those experiences that I had. Backpacking was something that allowed our kids to have those experiences on land that we collectively, as the public, own. It wasn't land that just the two of us owned. And we got our kids out there. We got out as a family. We experienced the outdoors. We experienced being in nature. And we found ways to have the effect of nature in our family, regardless of where we lived, regardless of how much land we had or how many trees were on our property or how much time we could spend outside of our house we got our family outside anyway. And it's funny now because uh, a few months ago, we finally had the opportunity to get land. Now we live on two acres. Now our 10-year-old comes home from school every day and drives the garden tractor around for an hour (laughs) till it runs out of gas. (laughs) And uh, all of our kids are spending more time outside now where we live. But it just strikes me, I'm, I'm so grateful that we didn't wait for that dream to come true that instead we figured out ways to get our family outside, regardless of what our circumstances were. And that's what this kind of podcast that you're talking about, a family-focused outdoor podcast would do. It would inspire families on ways that they can get outside, regardless of their circumstances. 
Absolutely. And if this is a podcast idea that appeals to you and you're thinking, oh, this sounds like something we would love to record, you don't even need to have quote unquote experts on the show. You just call up the local family down the street and say, hey, what do you guys do to get outside? And their story is going to be fascinating and interesting and inspiring. And the number five new outdoor podcast that I would love to see in the next year is a child-produced show. Cascade Hiker, which is one of our podcasting friends, has a show for his daughters, and I love it. Children need to have a voice, and podcasting is a great way for them to have a voice. I mean, children, talk about a marginalized, voiceless population. Let's encourage them to share their voices and share their stories. And if you're a child listening right now and you think, oh, I don't have any stories to share or what I have to say isn't important, everyone has a story to share and everyone has something important to say. And what you share is going to be unique and different and will resonate with lots of different people. And children growing up today are growing up in an environment that is that no children have ever grown up in before in all past generations. The challenges that children face today in regards to the use of technology and the amount of time that they spend indoors and all of that, that's fairly unique to this generation that's growing up right now. And it'd be wonderful to hear from this generation growing up right now, those that are doing something about it, those that are getting outside, that are developing these healthy habits that are going to make for a, a happy, healthy life. Oh, yeah. And these children are naturally tech savvy, which is so awesome. I mean, you take your phone, you can hit record and you can upload a show and you can produce your own show right there from your phone. It doesn't take a ton of fancy equipment. In fact, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, it's really a great way to share your story through podcasting and your stories will be available to millions and millions of people throughout the world. If you are a child who is thinking about doing podcasting and sharing your outdoor story, check with your parents first and be careful about sharing personal identifying information. In the past four years, as we've shared our stories and talked about our children, we have left out the names of our younger children. And we've been really deliberate about that. And just even in the past couple of years, um, we finally shared the names of our two older children because we wanted to be respectful of them and make sure that they were protected. So if you think you might be able to fill one of those top five slots for a new podcast, that would be super cool. And we're going to share some information with you that will help you. And I think, you know, if you're not thinking about starting up a new podcast uh, and filling one of those gaps you're probably still interested in that little <laughs> behind the curtain peek, which we've only done once or twice on the show over the four years. Uh -huh. So we're going to pull back the curtain a little bit and just give you a sense of what it took to produce the show. I mean, we spent all our time talking about the backpacking trips we did and how our family got prepared for those trips and what happened on the trips, the ups and the downs, all the reality of all of that. But we never really talked about the production side the, of things. The production of the podcast. Right. Just once or twice. Like, what does your microphone look like? What does your recording booth look like? <laughs> what does your laptop look like? Yeah. And I have to say, there are a lot of people out there who are doing a podcast, who are monetizing, who are selling uh, advertising. We didn't do any of that. So this is strictly how we did it. 
I don't know if it's the right way or the wrong way, but... Um, so in other words, this is how we podcast. This is not how you make money podcasting. Yep. Uh, for our gear, we used the Samson Go Mic, which I picked up for $35 on Amazon. To record our shows on the computer, we used Audacity, which is free software. We used Josh's work laptop to record, which meant we could record anywhere from the closet to the car, which is where we're recording right now. Then to edit the show, I use a pair of earmuff-style headphones, which I picked up for $10 at our local grocery store. So that's the gear, the big fat gear that we use. That's about it. And we have this cool uh, ZipShot tripod that we reviewed oh, in a past true. episode about photography that is the boom for our microphone. We just clipped the Samsung Go mic onto the end of the tripod. We don't open the tripod. We just have it sticking out from something. Like right now, it's sticking through the headrest of the front seat of the car. <laughs> Other times, it's been sticking out from our shelving in our closet, just coming out horizontally with a microphone clipped onto the end. Oh, yeah. And when we were recording in our closet, the clothes did a really great job of absorbing extra sound. But we also attached some egg crate foam sleeping pad type things to our ceiling. If you ever wondered about our recording schedule, uh, you know that podcasts published every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific time. And you may have wondered when we actually recorded those podcasts. <laughs> and the answer is that we recorded them anywhere from a few days to maybe a month prior to publication date. It kind of depended on our schedule. So as summertime came, we would try to get ahead before the school year ended and all the kids were home making noise. So we'd kind of build up our buffer at the end of the school year, and that would just eke us through the summer. Like by the time Labor Day came, we'd be down to recording just a few days before <laughs> the episode was going up. And then the kids would go back in school and we'd try to catch up again, build a bit of a buffer, uh, that was also nice to have through the holidays. So we didn't have to worry about recording, you know, tomorrow's episode on Thanksgiving Day or Christmas Day or something. We could take some time to relax. Right. But we didn't want to get too far ahead because we loved including current trips in what we talked about on the episodes. So it was kind of this funny little dance where we tried to stay on schedule, but also not get too far ahead. But sometimes, because of a family trip or a work trip, we would have to record a couple episodes back-to-back. -back. And we did that to maintain consistency, so we would always have an episode every single Tuesday morning. We felt that was really important. I know when we very first started the first 40 miles, we said, if we're going to do this, then we want to make sure it's consistent so that when people go to listen, there's something to listen to. Now, how much time did it take to produce the first 40 miles? Just one episode. Just one little 30-minute show. Well, I spent about two to four hours researching topics and uh, creating the show notes. After I got the show notes ready, Josh and I would spend about an hour recording. And then after we recorded, I edited the show. So we took out all the ums and ahs and you know, where we said something dumb and then said, oh, I don't want to say that. <laughs> Take that out when you edit. <laughs> and it took about four hours to edit each show. I wish I could have gotten faster at it, but uh, no. <laughs> but really, that was one of my favorite parts of producing the first 40 miles. I loved editing. I love listening to us kind of 
chat for an hour, and Josh could always tell when I was editing a show because I just had a smile on my face. It was just so much fun. It's funny, I listened to every episode uh, within usually the day that it came out, sometimes a few days later. Uh, I would listen to the episode, and you never did, but you listened to every episode many, many times over while editing. (laughs) So I can only imagine the last thing you'd want is to listen to an episode after it was published and hear something somewhere in the middle of that episode and go, oh, Oh, I could have done better there. I could have taken that out or something, you know, or, or yeah, that would just be a pain. Yeah, I remember one episode, um, I think it was a April, like around the beginning of April, because um, I think it was April Fool's Day, you said, oh, the trailer music accidentally is not aligned with you speaking. It ended up somewhere else in the episode. So I had to go back and re-upload uh, that episode to make sure that it was all fixed. Anyway. Rookie mistakes. It it was a rare occurrence, though. Yeah. And we did have two or three episodes over the years where we forgot to attach the uh, MP3 (laughs) file to the blog post Mm -hmm. or attached the Audacity file instead of the MP3 file. Uh, But again, very rare. Yeah. Um, I had it easy in terms of the time commitment. In addition to the hour per episode that we spent recording, I would spend maybe a half hour finding the perfect episode picture to go with each episode. The only reason I say that I would spend a half hour on it is because I would spend about 10 minutes actually getting a photo, um, resizing it, exporting it to JPEG and attaching it to the blog post. I would spend the other 20 to 25 minutes just nostalgically browsing through all of our pictures of these wonderful backpacking trips we've been on. I think the funniest backstory for a show image that you put up was for one of our Halloween episodes, and it was a picture of the moon and the fog, and it looked really mystical and, you know, Halloween-y. And so I was like, Josh, where did you get that picture? That's so great. <laughs> he said, oh, that's a picture of the streetlight. That's not the moon. Oh, right. Remember I remember that one. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Um, And I've loved the different pictures from your childhood hiking and backpacking trips. Yes, I threw a few of those in. Uh A few years ago, I had all of my old photos digitized. And every once in a while, some picture from the 80s will show up as a show image. So cute. And a little about the creative process of producing the first 40 miles. I wrote down every single idea that came to me, whether I was on the trail or at the outdoor retailer show or at home, no idea escaped my pen and paper. I wrote down everything because I thought, hey, this could be valuable for our first 40 milers. And 99% of the time it was. And sometimes the notes would be based on our personal experiences out backpacking. Sometimes I would just write down questions about things that I didn't understand or that I wanted to research. So when I was choosing topics for the show, I was delivering content that I was truly, genuinely interested in and curious about or had issues with on the trail. And I think that's one of the things that made producing the first 40 miles so much fun for me. I was doing what I wanted to do. It was super selfish and I loved it. And I also loved that I didn't feel bound by what someone else was telling me they wanted me to talk about. That was one of the big reasons that I didn't want to do advertising or, you know, sponsorships. 
because I wanted to talk about what I wanted to talk about. I'm a control freak. What can I say? <laughs> um, another thing that inspired topics for the show was things that I didn't understand. And so a lot of times I just turned that over to Josh and said, hey, can you explain what our value is or what denier means. And so that was really fun to just hear him nerd out on the show and really get into detail on some things. I love that. Another source of inspiration for topics for the show was our listeners. And one of my favorite episodes was the lightning episode. And one of our listeners inspired that. We had a great time with that episode and I learned a ton about lightning. I'm never going outside again. It's a dangerous, <laughs> dangerous place. <laughs> I also took a lot of my inspiration from the Outdoor Retailer Show, which is a huge event. It's now in Denver, Colorado. It used to be in Salt Lake City, where manufacturers of outdoor products would get together and highlight their newest gear. So it was a really inspiring place to go where you could learn about the latest in outdoor gear. It's fascinating. And we got some of our topics from news or current events. Um, one of my favorite things that we did was we went back to an old issue of Backpacker Magazine and got some stuff from there. So not everything came from current events. Some of our info came from stuff 40 years ago. It was fun to check out old issues of Backpacker. In fact, they're all online now if you want to go check out old Backpacker Magazine issues. And then, of course... Some of the topics for the show came from conversations that I had with Josh. And those are the ones where I wish that in the moment, you know, when we're standing there at the bathroom mirror getting ready in the morning and we have this conversation, I wish I could have just hit record because some of our conversations were so fun, so lively, so informative. I just, I learned so much from Josh and some of those conversations we kind of recreated in the show. But my conversations with Josh inspired quite a few show topics. I agree. We've had so many conversations where at some moment in the conversation, I thought, ah, I should have hit record about five <laughs> minutes ago. You know, we don't have that ability to just record every conversation we have. I'm sure that someday soon we will have that ability, but <laughs> I still don't think that that would give us what we want. Yeah. If you know you're being recorded, I, there's a difference there. But uh, yeah, there were many times at home on backpacking trips, in the car, on the way to a trip, where I had that moment of thinking, oh, I wish I would have hit record mm -hmm. just a few minutes ago. But of course, you, First 40 Milers, you have those same conversations with family, with friends, maybe just in your own head sometimes. And those conversations that you have are just as valuable. So for those of you who love conspiracy theories, here's a question for you. Was the First 40 Miles really a backpacking podcast. We actually talked about this in a previous episode. The answer is no. The first 40 miles has been my personal creative outlet. It's been a great way for me to connect with Josh and listeners. It has been an incredible excuse to get our children outside. It's been wonderful to kind of prompt me to develop new skills and try new things. It's been my personal soapbox to help me encourage and promote a healthy, safe, and happy backpacker culture. And this is a podcast about personal responsibility, healthy relationships, and 
how to raise mountain goats and have that incredible family trail time. So no, it was never really a backpacking podcast. <laughs> wow. I now know. you tell them. <laughs> and the government wasn't even involved in this conspiracy. Well, it takes at least two to conspire. So Ooh. does that mean I was involved? The whole time. Did you know about it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, of course, there was lots about backpacking, but it just, there was this bleeding between backpacking and the rest of our lives, back and forth, the influence that backpacking has on design choices we make in our home, and the influence that the rest of our life has on how we approach backpacking. One of the Facebook comments that Josh read earlier in this episode was from a dad who took his kids out backpacking, but his wife still isn't on board yet. And that's okay. I wasn't an outdoorsy person. It took time for me to warm up to the idea of being an outdoorsy person. And there are still some outdoor situations that I'm not a huge fan of, like <laughs> if it dips below 40. But I love being outdoors, and I love being outdoors with my family. You don't have to be an outdoorsy person to get all the benefits of hiking and backpacking. In fact, it may be kind of a slow learning process, a slow warming up to the outdoors. But if you're not an outdoorsy person, or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who's not an outdoorsy person... <laughs> Get outside, take your loved ones outside, and I promise you will fall in love with the outdoors. And it will probably happen within the first 40 miles. And we'll leave you today with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, Anne Frank. We quoted Anne Frank for the trail wisdom quote in the very first episode of the first 40 miles. That quote was... The best remedy for those who are afraid, lonely, or unhappy is to go outside, somewhere where they can be quite alone with the heavens, nature, and God. And she had a little more to say about that. She said, God wishes to see people happy amidst the simple beauty of nature, as long as this exists, and it certainly always will. I know that then... There will always be comfort for every sorrow, whatever the circumstances may be. And I firmly believe that nature brings solace in all troubles. That's it for today. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. We have loved producing this show for you. Thank you for all of your kind, encouraging words. We feel the love. You can access all of our episodes at thefirst40miles.com or on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher. That's it for today. Signing off, I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is The First 40 Miles. Oh,
queen of the prairie. She's the rose of my heart. She's the girl I've always dreamed of. She's the girl after my heart. I didn't believe it when I saw her. She looked just like a dream. Now you know why I call her my prairie queen. Better than ever. 